so, so, you know, like there's that whole, when do I get to have my life too? Right. Right? Is exactly. my life over now? Exactly. And, and, that is huge. Hey, I'm Lonnie Yamafuji, and I'm obsessed with philosophy and managing my mind through the unlimited stresses of taking care of aging parents. All emotions are welcome here. This is the Caregiving Philosophy Podcast. So let's start off with you telling, you introducing yourself and telling us about you. Well, my name is Kathy and I am a caregiver for my mother. She is 89, just her And she has definitely vascular dementia but the neurologist says Alzheimer's as well. And the neuropsychiatrist says frontal temporal as well. I think yeah. my dad had vascular, but I, I don't know in the end. So so it's your dad who has dementia or do both of what? your parents? Just my dad had dementia. My dad passed away in May of this oh. May, the last May, so... I'm sorry. Yeah, so now I'm just with my mom. She doesn't have dementia. That's it. I just take care of my mom. That's it. That's a lot. That's enough, right? It's enough. It's it's for sure enough. Yeah. Oh, my mom just had her birthday a couple days ago. And I was thinking I saw your post before that thinking, oh, this is probably the last birthday. So that is always a thing you have in your mind. Is this the last this? Is this the last that, right? Yeah, you don't know when the lasts are going to be, you know? Yeah. That's sort of the thing. One of the things that I'm learning through this is that um, you think, oh, I'll just, we'll be back at this restaurant or we'll go do this activity and it just never happens again. Right. I and know. you never know that that's the last time. Right. You never know. So how long has your mom had dementia? Uh, Hard to say, but um, in September of 2018, um, she was having trouble finding her way to church, a church she's driven to for over 30 years. She couldn't figure out how to get there. And that was the real big issue. There had been lots and lots of other things prior to that. But that was the first real big thing that I went, I have to talk to her doctor about this. By then, I had already taken over doing her medications and most of the chores and all of that. Um, Did you live with her? Yeah. So I was in China teaching school. And when I came back, I didn't have anywhere to go. So um, she was taking care of my dog anyway. So I just moved back in and I was working full time. And um, so my thing was, if I move out, then I'm going to have to pay pay for an apartment. And then I'm going to be over here all the time, making her meals, cleaning her house and doing her (laughs) laundry and all of that. Because I was doing all of that as well already Mm -hmm. anyway. I Mm -hmm. guess she was still doing her laundry at that point. But I was doing most of the housekeeping. I was doing all of the cooking. I was managing her meds. And I... I just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And then by September 2018, when she couldn't find her way to church, I was like, I have to talk to the doctor about it. And that was when the doctor said, 
I'm not going to call it Alzheimer's yet, but so let's call it mild cognitive be- decline. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I remember the date so well is because the very next day she fell in her friend's garage and broke her foot and oh, dislocated man. her shoulder and she got banged up pretty well. That was the beginning of the end mm-hmm. um, because she drove her car maybe two or three times. She had a broken foot, so she couldn't drive Mm. until that healed. And she drove maybe two or three times after that. And then she didn't drive anymore. She just took herself off the road. Wow. And and then it was just the very slow, steady decline that you find in dementia. So that's sort of our, our journey by now, three, four or five years into this, she doesn't know who I am. She doesn't do anything. She watches TV. She can fold laundry and sort socks and that sort of thing. But her level of function has really declined. Yeah. But she is really healthy. So she could live in another (laughs) 20 years, you know? Yeah. I got her, her blood pressure is down to low levels her cholesterol is down to normal levels you know this (laughs) you know i've I've done that (laughs) that's good you're keeping her healthy i was thinking about when you said myocognitive impairment that's what they said my dad had and i like well it's so bad though when are you going to ever diagnosed dementia because for his he was already so bad at that time when they diagnosed that i'm like He's crashing the car all like all the time, mm. getting scammed all the time. And it's, oh, and it's no. just this mild thing. I don't think it's so mild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they never did say they never even knew when he had dementia because every time they would go in, they ask him a million questions and he always answered yes. And they always just thought, OK, he's good. He's fine. Until I took him off to the side and I'm like, he only answers yes. So you're only ans- asking him questions that are good with a yes answer. And he oh, doesn't know what he's yeah. saying. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So sometimes it's the caregiver who has to say everything and it's not really the, the patient. Yeah. Yeah. The caregiver definitely has a better idea of what's going on with their loved one. I knew my mom had dementia long before the doctor would ever agree to it. And I don't think she ever would have agreed to it if I hadn't said, can I have a referral to a neurologist? I don't think she mom would ever have gotten diagnosed. And it was important to me to know just to confirm my suspicions, I'm not a doctor. I wanted a professional to say, yes, Kathy, you're correct. She has dementia. How um, did it make you feel when you found out? Did you feel different? I, I think it was just like, okay, acceptance. I didn't have any, like I wasn't sad about it. I wasn't surprised by it. I wasn't, I didn't feel vindicated. <laughs> I didn't feel <laughs> yeah, good about it. Um, no, it's definitely not good. Yeah. So I think it was just like, okay, this is where we, where we are, which I probably get from my mom, because when I asked my mom how she felt about it, she said, well, it is what it is. We can't do anything about it, but Mm -hmm. she's always been sort of a very stoic person. Mm -hmm. Her, uh, 
anesthesiologist said that to me when she had her so- shoulder surgery. She's a very stoic person. Isn't she? <laughs> Interesting <laughs> she was how you use that word since I yeah. do stoic philosophy. Okay, good. <laughs> now that when I was in search of my philosophy quote, it comes from yes. Seneca. <laughs> oh, so. tell it to me. Tell it to me then. Well, so I I did look under the Stoic philosophers because that sort of resonates more Mm. with me. And when I read this, I thought, oh, this just seems so painfully perfect. It, um, It is, life is very short and anxious for those who forget the past, neglect the present, and fear the future. Mm, That's a good one. And I feel like that's kind of where we are. We're forgetting the past, definitely fearing the future. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it's hard to be present sometimes, yes. a lot of times. Yes, it is. It is. It's important to be present, I think, when you're a caregiver, because it's so, you could just cry and fear and be anxious about everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that whole, like, I'm here, I'm grounded, I'm I can breathe in air. I'm fine. She's fine. Everybody's fine. We're good. You know, <laughs> yeah. just doing that once in a while can really help get through the really hard times. Right. Right. Oh, that's a great now, one. Did your father ever see a, ni- a neurologist? He did see a neurologist one time. They did, and he they did a brain scan. That was a mild cognitive impairment. I'm, I'm still thinking. I don't think we ever went back and had another one when okay. he was worse. Because well, to me, it was obvious already. And so, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It can be really obvious to us. And for some reason, the doctors just don't. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking when you mentioned that your mom just gave up driving by herself, that was one of the biggest problems for my dad. I went to his doctor, you know, like he's crashing the car and the car is dented all over the place. Mm. He won't stop. My mom won't take the keys away. Can you do anything? And she's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, go to the DMV. Can you do anything? And I'm like, no. So it was like, where well, I don't know what to do. It's so oh hard. My, <laughs> my mom actually went through a driving assessment because um, her doctor did say to her, you don't want to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. That's you what know? I was and worried I think about. That, mom, that that sort of hit mom a little bit was not just you don't want to hurt yourself, but you don't want to hurt anybody else. Right. And, Um, Mom had a driving assessment and they said, oh, she's fine. (laughs) Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Okay. (laughs) So, but it was right after that, that she, she was like, I don't think I should drive anymore. And, Mm. and she hasn't driven in several years, three years, four years. And she says to me very, very often, I don't think I should drive anymore. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's amazing, though, that she thinks that and knows that. No, yeah. my dad was always like, he, what? I'm fine. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just, I'm good driver. I mean, I'm fine. Mm. So that's how he always was. <laughs> wow. So different. That must have been so hard. Oh, yeah. And did he ever, how did you solve that? Did you just take the keys In away? The end, no. We never took the keys away because 
we were thinking of taking the keys away. His personality had changed so much where he was yelling a lot. You know, Mm. he would yell at you and yell at everything. And so nobody want my mom was the one that was the primary caregiver. She did not want to be yelled at so much until she gave in, which she always gives in. So Mm. she's just like, no, I'm not doing that. So in the end, we moved him to assisted living. We moved my mom and dad to assisted living and there was no parking. So we just said, there's no parking. So you you can't take your car. And he did not want to go, did not want to go until even at the last minute, my sister helped him move. And she's like, he's not leaving the house. He's yelling and refusing to leave. And she just said, I grabbed all of the stuff and put it in the car and said, nope, we're, we're gone. We're going. So you have to. And then he eventually went. Wow. But when uh, he got he got there it was fine. Like he never complained. So like you had to force him to do something and then he didn't he mm-hmm. thought he knew that was the end of living in this house. He's an architect. He mm-hmm. was an architect. So he designed and built his old house, which was just amazing and beautiful. So that's it was hard for all of us to leave that house. He didn't want to leave his house. He did not want to leave that ever. You know, he thought he was going to die for sure in that house mm-hmm. that he designed and built. It was so beautiful. It overlooked all of Honolulu and Diamond Head. Mm-hmm. Really, really nice. But you have to do you have to do those things. Well, yeah. I mean, it wasn't if it wasn't good for him at home, mm-hmm. then you had to do that, and right. that's good. But yeah. it's hard. Really it's hard, hard to make those decisions. Really hard. Yeah. So tell me how you guys get into ice cream. Okay. Uh, well, mom likes ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, when she's always liked ice cream, my her entire life, she can still remember one of the very few memories she still has is eating ice cream in the summer on the porch with her brother and her parents. So, and that might be the only memory she has um, left, but she does still uh, remember that and has talked about that. And so during the pandemic, there wasn't anything to do. Um, You could still go through drive-thrus and there was a drive-through ice cream place. So we drove through the ice cream place pretty much every day. (laughs) <laughs> but, um, um, that has slowed down we don't go every day now but you know that was that was a big part of our lives during the shutdown and I just was like what am I gonna I know I'm gonna talk about ice cream with mom we're gonna like go get ice cream and we're gonna rate Sundays and do all of this and then it just got to the point where it, it's really just about keeping her going you know mm-hmm. Uh, less about getting ice cream and more about getting through our day. When I was, I was working and then in February of 2020, I said, I don't want to work anymore. I want to stay home and take care of mom. It was getting hard for her to be alone. And I thought, I want to go do things with her now while I still can. And uh, my last day of work was the day before the, the no, it was four days be- after the shutdown started. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't go and do anything <laughs> because we couldn't do anything. So, yeah, now it's really just about her having dementia. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be we're having fun and enjoying our lives while, while we still can. And then 
the world shut down and now we're just living. <laughs> right. Yeah, the pandemic really, really affected my dad. So he had we had moved him into assisted living like the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Oh and, wow. In the beginning of and during the pandemic, they had to all stay in their rooms. Uh-oh. And they they delivered the food to the room and they never got any sort of socialization or nothing. Didn't so, meet any of their neighbors. Didn't, um, didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> oh, my dad sat in front of the TV, you know, for like a year or something. And then he just really, really declined. That was too bad for that. He they had the pandemic at that time. Oh, that's such bad timing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. Now, does your mom get out in the community now and meet Now people? she does. Now she's so, so, so thankful. Like, she didn't want to move, but she had a hard time taking care of my dad. So she thought, we have to do this. So now my dad passed. She has so many friends and is doing so much. And she's like, I can't even imagine if I was alone in a house and left there. And what would I do? But so she loves it. Loves it here. Good. It's really positive and good for her. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. What bad timing. It was real. (laughs) I I guess, though, it might have been, I mean, if they'd had any problems, at least they would have been in a place where somebody knew that that they were there. Exactly. Keep an eye. Oh, we haven't heard from them in a while. Mm -hmm. We need to. Right. Yeah, you never know how, what it would have turned out to be the other way. So it did work out, but just the isolation was was the big big change yeah. for him. But it worked out in the end. That's a big decision, though, to move it a person from their home to their home or your home to assisted living or care, yeah. dementia care. Yeah, and our our family's goal is to keep mom at home. But, you know, sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes mm-hmm. the best thing for everybody is for your person to go into some sort of a facility. Right. And, you know, when you have a house, probably a big house, if he designed it mm-hmm. himself, he probably built this big, beautiful home. It's a lot to take care of. Yeah, and your husband and the yard and right. the car and the, you know, all, right. you don't have to shovel snow, fortunately, mm. but you know, <laughs> you all that, you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Luckily That's in Hawaii, we don't have the snow, but have you been in snow? I have been in snow. I've never lived in Hawaii. Actually, everybody thinks I have, but it's just my parents grew up here where I was raised in Southern California and then they okay. moved back here for retirement. So Oh, so okay. So you didn't. So I've never lived here myself, but they've lived here before and after me. Okay. Okay. My sister was born in um, Pasadena, California. (laughs) Yeah. And I I don't know how many times I've said to mom, you know, y'all could have stayed in California. (laughs) Right. You didn't have to move back here. We could be cities where words war right. Right, right. (laughs) I wrote on one of my Instagram posts, Lucky me, I get to be a caregiver in Hawaii. And somebody wrote back, Lucky me, I get to be a caregiver in Southern California. So those are good places to be a caregiver for sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
No, they didn't stay there. My dad had to drag them all over the country. (laughs) Bummer. Yeah. So you have a sister? Do you have any other siblings? I do. I have an older sister. She lives in Texas. Um, So, and she's never moving back here. So So you're not getting help from her because she lives so far away. she, She does come up once a year. Spends the week. I go to a hotel for the week. It's great. You know, I get my my week off every year. And I really appreciate that. But no, I don't have any. That's not much. That's hardly anything. One out of 52 is not not very much. I don't have any help at all. You have a a sister, don't you? I do. I have a sister and a brother. Oh, okay. But they, they don't do as much. Well, my brother is out of the picture. Nobody even talks to him. And my sister um, has been going through a divorce for the past four years. So she Mm -hmm. is basically out of the picture, too. So Mm -hmm. I'm like the main one, even though I live far, far, far away. And they live right here. Mm -hmm. Oh, they both live in Hawaii? Mm -hmm. Yeah. My brother Um, lives like 15 minutes away and my sister 25 minutes away, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so where do you normally live? Or and I live in Arizona. <laughs> I live in Arizona, but I'm back and forth all the time. And I would oh, definitely call myself the main of the care caregivers besides the assisted living. So oh, wow. it's weird how it turns out that way, how it turns out. But I'm the oldest, so I feel like I should be doing that. I'm the oldest girl, so I feel like I should be. I was just going to ask you if your sister was older or younger because, yeah. yeah. Well, you're, younger. you're the younger one, though, so yeah, that doesn't make but, sense. <laughs> but I I lived on, in Ohio. I My mom grew up in Norwalk, and I was living in Norwalk. I didn't grow up there. I grew up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was living in Norwalk, and then I went to China to work, and then I came back, and... I didn't know, like, where was I going to go? You know, I, I didn't have anything at that point. So I sort of fell into this, but I also, you know, my, my sister was married. She had kids. She has had a life. Now that was a long time ago, but at that point I was like, if something happens to mom, she can't just leave her life. You know, mm-hmm. I can leave my life. I have nothing. I have a dog. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can leave my life. and. Now both of her kids are grown, but she has a house. She has two dogs. She has a boyfriend. She has a job. She has a life, you know, she can't. Well, so, I mean, I have a husband and three kids. So (gasps) if you have to, you have to. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true, isn't it? So I'm sort of the better option between Mm -hmm. the two of us. Well, if you're willing, then that's good for your mom. Lucky for your mom. Well, and that's one thing that I have to keep reminding myself because this can be a really stressful, difficult situation. 56 years old, I don't have a job. I'm not paying into retirement or social security. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything. I wonder and if you can get paid as a caregiver. Not from the state. No. Not where mm-hmm. we're at. So, so you know, like there's that whole, when do I get to have my life too? Right. Right? Or is exactly. my life over now? Exactly. And, and, that is huge. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. So what do, what do I do for myself? Mm-hmm. Well, because, you know, she, she gets up in the morning, the TV goes on, and then she goes to bed at night and the TV goes off. <laughs> yeah. And I can't 
I can go to the bathroom and I can cook and that's about it. Otherwise I have to be in the room with her and I can't concentrate on anything at all with mm-hmm. the television on without any, without no noise at all. It's really hard for me. And so I have all of these, like, how do I get anything at all done when I have to be with her all the time? And right. there's noise all the time. And she goes to bed and I'm exhausted. Right. You know, yes. there's this thing called bedtime procrastination. Have you heard of that? No. What's that? That's when you procrastinate going to bed because you don't feel like you've had enough control over your time during the day. Mm. And so you want to do what you want to do at night. And I have that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, I don't do anything. Like I cook, I clean, I do laundry, I clean up messes. That's That's a ton. That is a ton of stuff you do. That's, I don't want to do that anymore when I get done with my day and I don't know why I don't like take some classes or, you know, like there's, I have time. I just don't do, I'm tired and I don't do that. And I just want to escape. That's exactly how it is to be a mom. (laughs) You're a a mom to your mom because like when I was, you know, had my three small kids, I'm the same way. Do this, do that, run around here, run around there, feed them and you're all tired. So I can, definitely understand that not wanting to go to bed part you want some peace and quiet and time to yourself exactly i've heard of that like parent your parent is the same same feeling as parent your kids so i am i'm really fascinated and curious by by this question i hope you don't mind me asking um, because i didn't have children um taking care of a lot of children in my day but i never had my own kids so what is the difference do you think between parenting and caregiving an elder a parent yeah it's way worse with the parent <laughs> because is it? you know they're not getting better they're getting worse the kid you're always trying to teach them to learn something in the future like you know make them into a good human that'll go off on their own and have their own life but the parent you know they're going to get worse so I just get like irritated and like oh you can't learn anything so you know Mm. I don't know what to do with this like Mm. yesterday my mom's like somebody from Japan had sent her a letter I said can you read me the address so I can respond I said well it's in Japanese so I can't read it but there's an email address here she's like what's email do I have to pay for it I'm like are you kidding? Are you joking? She was like the queen of the first Apple computer, knew how to do everything, knew how to every program and everything. And she's asking me this. And I'm like, are you joking? Oh, no. She doesn't have dementia, so. Oh, she does. Okay. But <laughs> eventually, like, oh, no, of course, she did, she did get it. But I'm like, what? So it's a big difference between the thinking of like, I just get mad at my mom and like now she's forgetting this too instead of oh I can teach her and that's what you do with kids you know so it's a whole different mindset that's not as good (laughs) yeah I'm just thinking about the email thing so if you tell your kid if your child says mom you help me learn to email you know send Mm -hmm. an email they might not remember the steps of doing it. You might right. have to go over that again, but they remember the experience of having been taught. Mm, yeah. And when yeah. you do that with your parent and they don't even remember the experience of having done this again, right. it is a very different 
situation. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I hope your mom doesn't have dementia. Ugh. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not. She has a lot of health problems, so and she wouldn't live that much longer to have severe dementia, as far as I'm concerned, unless she has like a stroke or something. But her other problems are what I think why I think she won't live so long. In fact, she was so bad before my dad died, we all thought she was gonna die way, way, way before. Oh wow. So she's been <laughs> she's been like this since I was in college with autoimmune diseases. So it's been so long. So she's made it. She kept saying all the time, I'm just going to live. I'm just going to force myself to live until dad doesn't know who we are. But then that long came and gone. And then she perked up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, though, that had to be really stressful on her. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have that stress. I can totally perk up. Right. I can totally understand you have so much stress because she had so much stress. It gave her so much physical ailments because of her stress. Mm -hmm. And then after my dad passed away, she did get better. So I'm interested in the China thing because you learn so much from traveling to different countries, don't you? Oh, yeah. What did you yeah, learn from traveling Yeah, I, I was only to China? over there for a year, but it, only, I, only. <laughs> yeah, it was. I loved it so much. I did learn so much from just being in another country, and I was the only white person in a town of eight hundred thousand person. No, oh sorry, eight, only white woman in the town of eight hundred thousand people. There were other white men, but I was the only white mm. woman. So you learned, which is probably something you have more experience with being a minority in a population, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah. for me, I was like, I was like an alien out of another planet. Somebody had snatched me from the zoo and set me down in this town. Everybody took pictures of me. They looked at me. They stared at me. They pointed, you know, like I was just this object of like fascination for him. Some people were really great about, you know, like they, they'd walk up to me and shake my hand. Hello. 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 <laughs> English practice their English. <laughs> but they wanted to practice their English. You know? <laughs> well, everybody I met, I met every single person I met, um, except for one American. <laughs> um, I really liked, you know, <laughs> except for one American. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, that but otherwise, sweet. you know. Oh, that's great. so awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, I were as you were saying before, like, when is my time? When is my life? I always go over that question, too. And, you know, how am I holding myself back and this and that? But I, my husband and I planned the trip. We're going to go to South Korea and Vietnam in three weeks from now. <laughs> And I'm still to this day, like, I don't know if I'll be able to go. I have to wait and see how my mom's going to be. You know, I have to worry about what if I, you know, what if something happens? Make sure we do have good insurance on the trip so we can just, you know, bail out at any time and come back. Because I've done that so many times from Arizona, like, oh, I have to get on, you know, the next plane and fly out to Hawaii. So it's always in your mind, like what, you know, what's going to happen? But. My husband retired a year ago, so the purpose was for us to travel and do stuff on our own. I don't want to put that off either. So it's it's a balance for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. And when you have siblings that won't step Mm -hmm. up, that's a challenge. Yeah. Now, will your sister, will she, like, can you tell her I'm going on this vacation? You need to be on standby in case mom needs anything. Will she do that or? She will. I mean, she's done that before. Like if my mom falls or something, she will come right away. But then she's always just right the next minute on the phone. Like, when are you coming, you know? (laughs) So it's just for the short, okay, I will be here for the emergency because I live so close. But otherwise, it's not anything long term because she's like, I can't handle it. I can't do all this. So I feel like, okay, well, then I have to do it. So that's how it goes. So it goes, but I am taking this trip, so I'm I am excited. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's super amazing. super excited. Three week trip. So, that is that'll yeah. be fantastic. I taught when I got back from China. I got a job teaching online, teaching um, adult students in South Korea. No. Oh. That was really like I didn't know anything about it about South Korea, so I'm jealous that you get to go to South Korea. Yes, yes, my kids are so jealous. They're so into the video games, K-pop, and everything. Okay, yeah, that they just are like, yeah, why you're going without us? (laughs) How old are your kids? They are 30, 28, and 24. So, oh, they just love video games. They grew up with video games. They're so all they gamers. can't necessarily just drop everything and take three no, weeks. They've no. got jobs and life. They've got jobs. They don't have money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what are we going to do about you and your um, thinking about whether you're wasting your life? That is just a big, big, big question with the caregivers. I've thought that so many times myself when I had to be away from my kids when they were they were growing up. They, I had to, you know, miss all, all that, a lot of their stuff because I had come here. Really, you do have to miss something, but you have to decide what you want to put that limit on. Yeah. Now we have a daycare here, and it's great. Mom had no problem with the actual daycare; she just didn't want to go. So mm. I can't. She went five times. She refuses to go back. Mm. But there's this new program. It's not that new, but it's new to me. I just learned about it. Have you heard of it? It's called the PACE program. No, what's that? I don't remember what the what the acronym is, but it's a federal program. It appears to be implemented like Medicare or Medicaid it, at the state level. So the state decides what who gets who's eligible and what sort of services they get, but they supply, they provide like a day program, a general practice physician, dentistry, occupational therapy, physical therapy, and a dietitian, a social worker, transportation, hospital, you know, hospitalization, it sounds like a phenomenal program. I feel like I'm going to get my heart broken (laughs) because I'm going to have so many high expectations for this. For one thing, I love the idea of having a team, you know, addressing this right now. I am the team. And yes, she has a doctor and a neurologist and a dentist, dental hygienist, right? She only really sees her. Right, but these are not people that are part of my team. They're just service providers that we see when we have to see them. 
they're not going, what can we do to best serve Alice? Mm -hmm. They're saying, get in here, let's take care of this, go away, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I love the idea that there is a team and then she will be at their, their center. I don't know if it's all day, if it's just for appointments, I don't know how that works, but I'm there for that because that means I get a break too. That means I get some time off too. That means that I can go and do my thing too. And so even though it isn't designed necessarily to, to provide services to the caregiver, certainly supports the caregiver. And I just love this idea. So I'm really excited about it. And maybe that's how I can get some care for my mom outside of this house. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I hope that happens for you soon. Anyway, my only hope, because I looked into hiring just some companion care. That's all she yeah. needs. Yeah. And it's like $35 or $40 an hour. Oh, oh. wow. That's Which That's I don't begrudge lot. people their money. They should make their money, yeah. but I can't pay somebody that right. much money to sit and watch TV with my mom. Right, right. You know, she yeah. doesn't need, she'll need help showering. I don't need somebody to cook. I don't need somebody yeah. to clean. Right. I just need somebody to come and be in the same room with my mom. Right. That's it. Uh, she doesn't yeah. want to be alone. Would she interact with somebody if they did come? Uh, yeah, she would. She, because she's good at masking. She knows the social niceties of making conversation with somebody who's in the room with them, you know. So, you know, and they could play games and watch TV and have conversations and do all of that. So she would be able to do that. She would be able to do that at daycare, too. She just wouldn't go. (laughs) (laughs) Do that. And and she's an adult. She has the right to say, I don't want to go. You know, I can't really force her. It's not a situation where she is safer there than she is in her home, own home, which is one of the considerations people normally have when they consider moving from their own home into assisted living or independent living or memory care or whatever. That's not the situation here. It's just, I want to have, I want to be able to go to the pool and and swim. I want to be able to do whatever, like run errands. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't do that with with her. Yeah, that's tough. Tell us where you to find you online. Oh, um, Instagram and TikTok at ice cream with mom and Gmail ice cream at mom at gmail.com. You know, I don't mind answering questions if anybody has questions. I just am not a, a dementia expert, you know, but I can certainly share my experience with anybody, yeah. who, you know, what have you done in this situation? I can certainly be happy to share. You have a whole lot of experience. More than I want. And more than yeah. I thought I would get. <laughs> That's right. That's more the thing. I don't really, I didn't go into this thinking about what it was going to be like down the road. I didn't mm-hmm. think, oh, are we going to do this for 10 years? Is this a year? It just grew and grew and grew and snowballed until now here I am. Mm-hmm. And now at this point, either I accept that this is it or I put her in a facility and I go on with my life. And even then, you know perfectly well that that caregiving doesn't end mm-hmm. when they're in a safe place that is mm-hmm. not their own home. It does not end. I don't, I just, I don't think a facility is right for her. So here I am. Yeah. (laughs) Sort of stuck and also not stuck. Yep. 
If you want to know everything about managing your emotions and having inner peace, you've got to get free will. The newsletter that shows you how to get through all the caregiving challenges. It's at caregivingphilosophy.com forward slash free will. Go grab it now.